0: Welcome to the Humanizing Work Show. For this episode, I'm joined by product management consultant Dean Peters. Uh, Dean and I crossed paths several years ago when he was a product manager at one of my clients, and we've stayed loosely connected over the years. The other day, in the context of a discussion on Twitter about product manager burnout, Dean used a phrase that caught my attention, so I invited him to come on the show to have a conversation about it. Welcome to the Humanizing Work Show, Dean.
1: Hey, thanks for inviting me, Richard Herring. Glad to get a chance to uh, talk face-to-face again.
0: Yeah, I'm excited about it, too. Uh, so the phrase that caught my attention was feature hostage negotiation. Now, I think I know what that means. I think I've seen it before. And it's certainly evocative of frustration and burnout. Um, but to start off, uh, Dean, why don't you give us an example that illustrates what you mean when you use that phrase?
1: Sure. So so. In its, in its simplest term, it's just navigating this corporate jungle of, of uh, stakeholders. Um, and it could be stakeholders, engineers, or, or even customers who are basically insisting that their pet features get built. So you could have an example of one of your larger clients who is a, maybe a significant part of your income, who's like, well, you know, our contract's up for renewal, but we're not getting these features. Or you might have a stakeholder. Well, you know, you know, it's, you're, we're coming up on the business planning session here and you're asking for some of my budget, but I'm not seeing my features. So you you, you get in these conversations where, you know, um, people have some leverage to get the features they want, whether they're on, on part of your vision and your product outcome. And, you know, it, it creates some interesting situations. What do you
0: think the underlying cause is for getting into that kind of system.
1: Yeah. I think part of this, and I see this especially with, with, with more. And I think what we call more, um, tactical product people as opposed to strategic product people, as we call it a 280 group. And I think over there at, with, with, you know, with humanizing work, I think you have the term visionary product owner and what does he call it Facilitating product Facilitating. owner. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I think a lot of it. First of all, we see a lot more of that in the facilitating product owner, or like I said, the the tactical product owner, where they're, they're almost like that. In that, what would you call that? Short order cook mode. Uh, you imagine mm-hmm. someone working, uh, you know, a cook working at maybe the Waffle House for those of you on the southeast, um, where they're just taking orders and they're just firing in tickets into the team, okay, and they're just slinging hash in, on on the features here. Some of this has to do with maturity of that facilitating or the lack thereof of that facilitating product owner. Uh, some of it has to do with their position. Uh, I think the best way to win this game is not to play, which means how are you positioning your product? All right, how are you positioning the product vision and strategy? And if you you haven't done that, then you are likely going to find yourself with spreadsheets of features and... these these customers or these stakeholders who have some leverage, trying to use that leverage to get what they feel needs to be done next.
0: So it sounds like the thing that makes this actually a problem is that you've got a a product owner or a product manager that actually has a vision or something they're held responsible for achieving, which is a little bit different than the facilitating product owner where you're really neutral facilitator, just managing supply and demand.
1: I, 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 I agree with that mostly. I do think the facilitating uh, a product owner runs into this where, you know, since they are prioritizing demand, that prioritization is heavily influenced by someone who, again, who may be using their leverage to say, oh, I see you have five engineers. They should all be working on my stuff.
0: Hmm. And I guess if it works, how is that not an expression of value in the priority?
1: <laughs> okay. So it's issue. Well, okay. So I think, I think part of this is that it could be what they're asking for isn't actually the most valuable. So in other words, we, we assume there's value. In other words, well, they're not going to pay us and let they do this here. Well, let's let's walk this back. So first of all, let's understand some of the telltale signs first that you might be in that, whether you're, you know, uh, you know strategic and, uh, or visionary or whether you're uh, um, on the tactical side there or, or, or the functional. I mean, you get this sudden demand. So it shows up, you get a little bit of that you know, emotional, I'll call it leverage, black mouth's too ugly of a word. It, it <laughs> often comes in with, without a lot of data, if any. Uh, it could also um, indicate that the communications are just going one way, that you're not really being the product owner, you're not really being the product mm-hmm. manager. All you're being is that order taker here. So I think that's the first thing we need to realize here. So as these come in, what do we what can we do regardless of what our stance is, you know, whether it is visionary or whether it is functional. and um, that, okay, these ideas came in. I'm not going to stop this hippo charging hippo here. What I probably need to do is sit there and what William Urey talks about is take it out the balcony or stand next to the person saying, Appreciate the idea. I understand the idea. Why don't we first validate the idea? So where I see a lot of failure happening is where teams aren't in that validation stance. They have no, for example, a lot of these teams aren't practicing things like dual track agile or continuous discovery, or they're not instrumented with analytics. The the things they measure on their dashboards and radiate, if they do that at all, are all about whip or all about uh, velocity. And none of them are like, (laughs) all right, have we run a Sean Ellis uh, uh, poll with our, with our users here, which is, hey, would you be really upset if we took this feature away? Or would you be really happy if we took it away? Um, or, or we haven't done anything where so we're capturing analytics on you know, where, where do we see a lot of the motion here? I, I've had situations and I've seen situations where they come, someone with a lot of leverage comes and saying, we need this feature fixed here. They could be because they're the only ones using it, uh, using it out of a thousand people. So how do you reframe that conversation for them saying, we could work on this, but you're the only one using this, All right?
0: Or you have we to could, know that,
1: right? Yeah. Well, how do you not? Yeah. So how do you position yourself to have that, that conversation, right? So you know, if you're not collecting information, if you're not in a stance of validation experimentation here, you're not going to be in a strong, you know, where's your leverage, All right? So if you don't mm. have any of that data, if you don't have any of that customer feedback, it's really hard to sit there and say, "Well, I, you know, well, our product roadmap says we're going to be doing X. Um, how much does your team cost? You know, for example, uh, if, I, if we're if we're looking, you know, I think um, you were on a recent podcast or a podcast a few months ago. You're talking about, yeah, I think you did this sort of a uh, figure of about a thousand dollars a day per person on team. I think it was sort yeah. of this, which is yeah, about that's my the back of the da- napkin. Yeah, I did I did some, I think 2017, I published a blog article on the same thing. It was funny, I hadn't compared our notes. I was like, oh, look, they're coming out with pretty much the same number. So, you know, as so at the end of two weeks or the end of four weeks, are we going to be able to sit there and say, you know, can I, am I in a position where I can tell this, this charging, you know, this, this, what do you call it, the rhino, the really high opportunity, what do you call it, the really high value new opportunity person in marketing or sales I say, hey, well, let's slow down a minute here. I'm about to put in about 70000 over the next two weeks. What can I tell my management in terms of when we'll see that, that return on investment? Are we going to see you know, 700000 over the course of the next year? How much do you feel like this is going to bring us back in value? But a lot of product people don't put themselves in the position to have those conversations. To sit there and say, well, we can work on this, but that means these other things You need, or we want, aren't going to get worked on. So I think some of this is is again not getting so much into that flow of just delivering up stories, or even just they say they're visionary, but they're still not um, they're still failing to to go ahead and uh, and collect this data that they're not in a position to to have any leverage back in these uh, negotiations.
0: Mm -hmm. You need something stronger than just a competing opinion.
1: Competing opinion, or here's the, here's what the roadmaps that we all said agree to here, <laughs> right. or, you know, that, yeah. And if you're trying to, you know, manage up, you need to speak the language they speak, all right? Or are you doing tiny acts of discovery, you know, regularly on some of these hypotheses? Can you at least take what they're bringing in and instead of saying no, saying let's exp- let's validate it first, Let's see how far to take it. It could be that you say yes, but your yes is very limited then. It's, in other words, it's like, okay, we're gonna do this narrow vertical slice. Let's split this thing down here. And, and it's like, we're gonna deliver this narrow vertical slice, instrument it, and then see what the, the feedback is. And then we'll, we'll see if we wanna build it bigger. See if it's, you know, it, it, it's actually worth as much as we, we, we think it is. So again, it's positioning ourselves for success in those conversations with data with best practices in terms of experimentation and learning, um, with understanding the languages they speak and being able to speak their, their version of Esperanto or exec Esperanto, whatever that is.
0: Can you, do you have a a concrete story that comes to mind of somebody making this transition from being stuck in the state to getting out of it?
1: So, yeah, as I tell people, I'm a recovering engineer. So one of my uh, product, first product jobs, I wound up becoming a director of product after only a short while and had to build a group. And it was a growth stage startup. And so we had ve- this, a couple of very, very large clients who made up a very large percent of our of our income. And they would come in with spreadsheets of features saying, this is what we want you to build. And... I had to figure out, all right, if I just tell them no, it's not going to work. If I tell them not yet, it's not going to work. So I actually, I, I took a combination. First of all, I, I grabbed some data, found that those features that were being barely used and was saying like, I'd like to deprioritize these at this point, we don't see a lot of use on your side. Um, of course, they would argue, hey well, there's not a lot being used because it, it's not doing it the way we want to, which is fair. Um, but saying, look, let's focus on these, these, these. First of all, these items here, where we feel there's a lot of pain, a lot of impact for both sides. Let's go ahead and figure out which of these larger rocks that you want to move. What are you trying to get done as an organization? All right, are you trying to, uh, are you trying to make us uh, some plays on your operational model? Uh, which, you know, in this case, they were trying to do. They had three key things they wanted to do with the operational model, saying, let's just focus on one of these first. Let's just focus on this element. So part of it is also knowing their business a bit, knowing the domain, having that conversation here. Um, and then, again, just negotiating in, in terms of, well, we're not going to be able to sit there and do this and stay viable as a company. So basically, um, let's figure out what we're going to do over the next quarter for this big rock you have, that we feel also has value for us. So rather than take this, and it was, I think there was like 70 items on that spreadsheet. We got it down to about, I think think it was 12 items that we focused on for the quarter. Uh, and and, And of that, I think that at least half those items did have value for our other customers in our, in our environment as well. I, I mean, direct value. I, I, the other ones were good, but these had direct lift on that. So I feel like at the end, they understood how to work with us and we understood how to work with them a bit. So, but it took a, a while, it took a few mistakes, but it was a good lesson for me that customers with leverage. And then when I went other places, we found the same thing. Um, I would find that either somebody internally, politically connected, um, part maybe with the budget or maybe with where they were at the position who, was going to do the same thing. And that's where I learned like, well, we're going to have to sit there. You know, how, how, I don't think their idea has legs, but if I just tell them it's a stupid idea to, <laughs> yeah. Now, fortunately I had already been beating the drum on collecting analytics, so was, I had that. What I didn't have, what we didn't have a good uh, um, motion was with, was with experimentation. And that's right around the time when I said, well, I think then both myself and as a team, we need to figure out how to be better experimenters, how to field these tiny acts of discovery, get rapid feedback without interrupting our sprints, staying on target with our product outcomes here, and how do we do this um, You know, in these narrow vertical slices so we can get rapid feedback and tell them that the baby is ugly.
0: So when you come back with that bad news, yeah. <laughs> um, how how does that change the relationship in the future?
1: Well, for example, that first example I gave you, I actually think it strengthened our relationship. We learned how to communicate with each other. They learned, I taught them a little bit about us and some of our costs. For example, I said like, look, what you're asking for is gonna cost us around a hundred grand to implement here. It's just, we, got, can't, we just can't do that and stay viable for you. You'll have to go find a new vendor. You know, uh, I mean, it was almost exactly those words. Um, so they you know they, they understood our dynamics a little bit better here. I think okay, what the on the political side there, when we invalidated their idea, they escalated it. We knew they had escalated, it, and then we had to be ready to present there. We eventually had to do some, you know, a smaller version of it, but we did get it at least scaled down. All right. Um, and then part of it's also understanding what hills you want to die on. All right. So I mean, some of these times you you have to there's things you have to do to keep the lights on. And you just have to be able to recognize that.
0: Yeah. And, and I've experienced sometimes the, the thing you're keeping on is the relationship. So I've, I've had sacrificial features in the past where yeah. We're, yeah. we're going to build this because it's valuable to this person. And this person is valuable to us, even right. if we don't think this particular feature is. So we're going to make it as thin as possible so that we can yeah, keep exactly. the person happy and keep the product light.
1: Exactly. So those are some things to keep in mind there.
0: Well, good. Thanks for talking through that with us, Dean. Um, if you're listening, I'm curious how you've experienced what Dean calls this feature hostage negotiation and how you've handled it, what has worked and what hasn't. So weigh in in the comments on YouTube or, or social media, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>